This conversation was recorded live on stage at the Sydney Opera House as part of Binge Fest, a 24-hour non-stop celebration of pop culture, the internet and addictive storytelling. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Have you been here all day? Six of you. What about the rest? You've just come specially for this, the highlight? Yes. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so this session has an amazing plot that I have now discovered in talking to our panellists, none of them have done their homework. Okay, none of them. So, what we're planning to do here, these are all fabulous writers, as we know. Six very successful Australian writers, and then of course we have a, some guy from the US as well, all right? What we want to do is get inside the writer's room. We want to hear the kind of obstacles, the breaks, the politics. We want to know what about casting and sponsorship and you name it. We want to know the inside story. Okay, so part of the homework was that everybody had to construct a story, a plot line to pitch. None of them did it, okay? <laughs> so bugger it, I reckon. We're still going to throw that at them, okay? And we'll see what they're capable of coming up with. First, we're going to chat. We're going to be around our writer's table here. We've even got a bottle of grog, a bucket of grog over there. We appreciate your enthusiasm. We've had some questions sent in, which we will try and kind of incorporate in a very nuanced, subtle way, otherwise known as possibly forget. Okay? <laughs> so, it is now my great honour to introduce all of our panellists. Would you please welcome, this is in no particular order, but we're going with ladies first. Would you please welcome to the stage? She's been in Laid, Offspring, The Beautiful Light. She's won an actor for Utopia. She's won an Edinburgh Fringe Award, and she's a co-writer of Rosehaven. Would you please welcome Celia Pakwala? <laughs> Next up. Celia's co-conspirator in Rosehaven. He's done a sexy bot show, which I think we all learned a bit from. How embarrassing was that to watch? Yet we persevered and learned a lot. He's written for everyone all over the place. He did lukewarm sex, as I just said. Award-winning stand-up, written for Channel 31, Legally Brown, on and on it goes. Would you please welcome the fabulous Luke McGregor. Thank you. Oh, hi, Ed. And now it is my great pleasure to introduce a guy whose show is in its fourth series. He'd never even written anything prior to that. He's won many awards for it. Please like me. He's won an actor, a Writers Guild, Logie Award nomination, Best Comedy International Emmy nomination. And everybody has said that his work is great from... Entertainment Weekly to the New Yorker. So, pretty amazing, and he's only six. Would you please welcome to the stage the fabulous Josh Thomas. <laughs> Gretel, this is your wine. That's your wine. That's Thank you. you. <laughs> this is my beer. <laughs> he is too young to drink, isn't he? All right. And now we just found some random guy out in the foyer. He said he'd come and join us, and then he casually mentioned that he'd won an Emmy. He created community and was the EP on that. He created Rick and Morty. He founded Channel 101. He's the star of Harmontown, and he is on every, you know, he's an influencer beyond belief in the comedy scene in the US and globally. 
He is under strict, strict instructions that if he talks too much, I'm going to tell him to shut up. Okay, because we have to share the stage. Having said that, we want to hear what everybody has to say so we could be here till tomorrow. Okay, would you please welcome, all the way from the US and his jet lag and the Playhouse, would you please welcome Dan Harmon. Hello, Dan. Hello. Sorry. funny. Full bottle. <laughs> I was just getting frustrated that everyone thought you were the one being healthy with your water. Uh, yeah, yeah my water, water, my Russian water. <laughs> now, obviously, we've set this up like a writer's room. There is no alcohol in a writer's room. <laughs> Would you say that? You can do whatever you want in my writer's room. All right. Yeah, our writer's room is my flat. Okay. <laughs> obviously, this is an exotic world. And tell us, Dan, your writer's room traditionally is what kind of environment? Uh, always incredibly gender balanced, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> By my own volition, in spite of the uh, system telling me, don't do it, uh, enforce the patriarchy. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, a little thing called women, heard of them much? <laughs> No. Uh, it's a, it's a but that's actually true. I just want to point out that I'm making it sound like a joke, but that's true also, <laughs> which is less funny that it's true. But, um, but, but, but it's, uh, it's, it's a, what, you know, that's not a real question. It's just a downbeat question. Okay, go ahead. It's, a, it's, it's, um, it's, it smells like mustard. <laughs> there's, there's Legos everywhere. I'm just following the bouncing ball, and it's fine. But we were talking about gender balance when we were in the green room and working out who was going to carry the drinks on, so uh, it was pretty important strategy going on there. <laughs> and we'll get to gender balance, but I think actually the working environment is, in, is interesting in terms of television shows. Are you in on the lot writing, Dan, when, when you're there with your people, or is everyone in your apartment? Is, uh, what was the or? I'm, I'm, I'm in on the writing, yeah. No, but I mean, situationally, where are you located when you write? Are you all in a group? Yes. You have, like, quite a serious... Like, my show, we write in my lounge room, and there's me and my best friend and Liz. Right. And their show, we'll, they write in the lounge room. We'll and... play PlayStation for four hours, and then just a half-hour <laughs> improv. So you've got, like, golf carts. An office. I... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and but then the golf carts get smaller and smaller. I mean, it, it, things are changing in the states. Everything's balancing out. So as small stakes as you might think, whatever is going on here is, if you're doing a Hulu show or something, it's like it's all becoming that. So, um, yeah. But 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 back in the old days when my beard was red, uh, I, I yeah we had golf golf carts and. Yeah, golf carts. Ponce will but, have but, golf carts. But the people that gave us those golf carts were like, why are only two million people watching your show, you utter failure, you terrible yeah. person? And what like, kind of figures do you look for now in watching a show? Uh, wait, sorry, I didn't hit, hear the top of that. When, when we talk about a hit show in the US, what kind of numbers do you Oh, I, I th well, it, it now, if a million people are watching anything you make, it, it, someone will regard that as a, an opportunity to monetize. Um, it, broadcast television, it, it, there, it has to be like over 10 million to be a hit. Therefore, those like broadcast television is becoming like dancing and sports. You know, it's just like people, celebrities, just in dunk tanks and yeah, yeah, being catapulted like Harrison Ford in a tilt a whirl or something. I, I, I don't watch broadcast television. Like, like nobody really does for narrative. And so it's like we call it the golden age of television in the states. When what that means is that finally there's less 
money so some of the douchebags are leaving the business. <laughs> and so now Vince Gilligan is allowed to be himself when he does Breaking Bad and that, because AMC can't afford to give him notes. Um, that's the golden age of television. Like, 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 if someone has to pay you a lot of money to tell you to put a dog in it, you know? Like, okay. So, just before we move on to everybody else, just is there a connection between creativity and a lower budget or a higher budget? Is there any correlation between how creative people are? Yeah, there's correlation, but that's different from saying cause and effect. I don't think if your show is super popular, that means it's stupid. It could be a fluke. I don't know. I've never had a popular show. <laughs> I'd love to think there was a cause-effect relationship. I'd love to just say Big Bang Theory's dumb, that's why it's popular, but I don't think that's true. There must be something. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> hey, Dan, Google it right while you're there. Okay, now let's start here. Because today we're imagining pitching a show. Did you guys pitch Rosehaven? Yes. How did that happen? Um, we, we, Rosehaven was the sixth show we pitched. Um, Can you tell us about the other five? Space Ninjas. Ghosts. Uh, <laughs> no, Seriously, there was a ghost one. There was a ghost one. There was a one where it was, uh, we were real estate agents, but the houses we were showing were haunted. Um, weirdly, <laughs> Yeah, so like there'd be a guy and he'd be going, the walls bleed, but after midnight the blood dries up and if you go to work they won't be able to see the blood on you even though you'll be covered in blood. And it was, but it, it didn't, uh, that was kind of all we had. Uh, <laughs> and they saw right through it. Clearly uh, though, that pitch was less believable than one of our other pitches which was us married. Us married, like, yeah. No, oh, never didn't, happened. Didn't want to kiss each other, so no. uh, bailed on that one. But it was weird because you put, the first pitch was like a, it was, one of us was a, um, one of us was psychic. Um. <laughs> it, was, it was, I love this idea. So it was, I worked at a psychic call centre yeah. and I was a sham and I was doing it for a sham. But then it turned out that I could tell the future for him. Just but me. only him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we thought... And we hated each other, but we hated each other, but you needed to follow me around because yeah. I could tell you your future and I needed a job. It was a bit psychic pretty woman. And we... <laughs> We spent, we spent ages on it, like we high-fived for weeks and then we were like... It seems really we were like, awesome. We put a lot of effort into this pitch and in the first meeting with the network, within about, I think it was like seven seconds, they go, eh, what else you got? So we had nothing. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have to be in the car? Excuse me. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> and Dan, just to set this up, these guys are both starring in hit shows prior to pitching this, so they're already coming with a success... Oh, you silly, you look like a Oh, yeah, but not at pitching. We've, we've acted in... Yeah, yeah acting in them. We've never written them. I like Rose Haven so much. Oh. And I'm so thrilled you were rejected the last <laughs> five times. <laughs> they are horrible pitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What about you, Smarty Pants? What did you I didn't... I, mm, Nothing. Uh, I mean, it was so long ago when we started pitching my show that I was straight. So it's like... <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, that the original pitch for my show was me having trouble with a variety of girls, right? Um, and I, um, Todd, the producer, said, we went into the pitch meeting and he said, don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay. And then we, I don't know, then we did it. Over, it took us five years. I mean, we were pitching for five years, and I didn't talk once. But now you can't shut me up. I noticed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. So this was the only one, and your sexuality changed, and you got it through. Well, sexuality didn't change. <laughs> from, a, from a public perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just... Dan, how's your sexuality? 
it's it's good. Uh, you know, I've I'm I've I'm, I've 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 uh, I've been open about the fact that I'm a creep. Uh, it was a brave <laughs> brave choice to to put that into my work. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'll, 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 I've written about putting pantyhose on mannequin legs. <laughs> so Dan, in terms of pitching, these guys each have a, they've all got successful shows at the moment. We've heard the track record there, five and none. And then, uh, what, how many did you pitch before you had one that a network oh, picked God. up on? I mean. Or an outlet. How many pitches before Community? Uh, like, 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 uh, I, it had. I, I, I'm just gonna roundabout guess, like, thirty, twenty, twenty oh or thirty. I don't know. It's kind of like it is like dating in the sense of like the years go by and then it starts to. If you remember all of them, it would be very counterproductive to doing well in the 29th yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't want to remember how many times you've asked someone out if, if 29 of them have said no. I, it, 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 because that'll change the odds. And the, it, 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 so I, I, don't, I never count it. I never, you don't go into a pitch meeting going like, here we go. I, I kind of forget. Like, you, 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 it's this roller coaster in Los Angeles. Do you Angeles. pitch a few shows at the same time? You'd be like, now I do for sure. Yeah. yeah. Now I, now that I'm getting like Gandalfy, I, I am like, <laughs> now and and also now that syndication is no longer the American dream in TV, it's not really the. No one's gonna make The Simpsons again financially. It's not gonna happen. No one's gonna make Friends. No one's gonna make Seinfeld. Like back end syndication, it's kind of gone. So that means in order to have a pension, I don't want to worry you kids about this shit, but <laughs> I've done the math and it would appear in order to keep my standard of living until I'm, how long I'll probably live, which based on the writer actuarials, is 66. Uh, <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat, need to start flying coach or have 10 shows on the air. And by on the air, I mean Mobisodes on a digital shoelace. But <laughs> But, ha sorry, so syndication is finished because of the online distribution, is that Yeah, why? I think it's just syndication was based on this old world thing where I don't even quite understand it because I never really got my beak wet in that area, but, but I was just, community was like the mud skipper of between old media and, and what Syndication is, there's... You've got 100 episodes, you have 100 episodes, five days a week, you can play it at 6 p.m. Yeah. Six, so then, and then if you hit that many episodes, the network can slate it and get an audience into a habit of watching the show without having to really advertise, because it's just like Neighbors or yeah. Seinfeld just going at that time, we used to do it here. But there was that comedy that... But now nobody's watching television at 6 p.m. unless you're old. That was based on, that was, that was yeah. old one-way transmission world's way of filling a vacuum that's now been filled by the yeah. fact that there's an internet. I mean, it, it was like Seinfeld, five days a week. And you'd see the commercials that were like, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Oh, she's a, she's a backskipper. Now you can go like this with the Friends theme, like, like uh, every day of the week in the yeah. like, like, It was like, oh, I remember that show running for 100 episodes, and now I'm yeah. getting home from in between school and g g nursing school. 
I don't know how laborers function. I, don't, I, don't, I guess they, I guess they go to school and then they go to nursing school. I don't know. And in between, they have a sandwich. That's when they watch my work. I don't know. Uh, but but anyway, sorry, I'm babbling. But uh, that 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 dream is dead now for sure, right? We're not gonna make. It doesn't matter what country we're from. No. We're not making no Simpsons. We're not gonna we're not gonna retire on one show because it became like this huge hit. We have to. We're like fishermen. Or loading dock workers. Well, we're 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 honest laborers now in television. I think oh my god, my dad's gonna be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 from Wisconsin, which is the place in the states that's like the mitten in the middle, like on top. Where all the fishermen come from. Yeah, well, or at least the people that, that hate themselves for having ambition. Like, so, <laughs> like, like, like every, everybody, the way our country worked was that they all landed on the, what's the, it's the uh, stage right of uh, the country. And then <laughs> as we proceeded stage left, um, you know, like the people who, their wagons broke down in the middle. And natural selection favored people who were able to say, this is good enough. <laughs> and so if you're born in the Midwestern United States and you head west, you're doing so uh, like because of some... Why am I talking about this? When did I... I don't know. <laughs> I will hijack your show. I, 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 I... Well, actually, it's an interesting point. And Luke, I'm aware of you here because we've got two people in stark contrast of style here, Dan and Luke. Because Dan just blurts and Luke keeps going, but <laughs> maybe... And he's going to contribute, so I'm I going to Luke. allocate a question. Just every now and then I'm going to say anything you want to say. Luke, oh, Celia, I'll do that. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, um, I, I try and, when no one's looking, get further under the desk. That's kind of <laughs> my style. I was just going to ask, though, with the, when you're talking about The Simpsons, what, what, what would happen with The Simpsons if it was released now, if it was a new show? Would it... Oh, got it. Well, it would, no, it would, I think it would be... It would be the same as... It would be the Rick same. Rick and Morty, it would be like, wouldn't it? Like, it would be, would like, be... they would just be doing it in the... Yeah. On Netflix as yeah, a cool yeah. kind of... Yeah. I agree with yeah. that. Bojack Horseman or yeah. something like yeah, that would yeah. be, like, popular. And now it's, like, if and you can get done, two million yeah. people watching your show, or especially if it's, yeah, it's, it's like, respectable, and that, that was from a day when it was, like... Remember, The Simpsons started as this weird short during Tracy Ullman's yep. show, and then it became like, it was just a series of strange, odd flukes, and it was allowed to develop under the tutelage of, you know, I, Sam Simon gets a lot of the credit. Like, he stepped in and he hired, hired a lot of Harvard Lampoon writers, and like, they, they, they used that thing as an unprecedented, now kind of mainstream thing, which was like, oh, it's animation. Joke writers can have nano control, oh, that's not a phrase. They can have microscopic levels of control over the execution of their jokes, and I think they took that to such an extreme that, why do I do these tangents? I, I, like, like, <laughs> uh, uh, yes, pickles are good here. Because Rick and yeah, we should close. <laughs> Why is that open? But just, like, I, 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 this is in my contract. I'm like, <laughs> if I'm on a panel of writers, I'm in the one with a laptop in front. Of this I guy has been in your know. face the whole time. There's a <laughs> there's a sticker on the lid that says "writer at work." I'm like, Ugh. so let <laughs> Rick and it's Rick and Morty or Rick and Marty. Rick, Rick and, and Morty. Morty. So that's animated. But you can it's. Oh, no, you've got to remember that, you know, I'm nothing. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you were me, you were like, yeah, you got to remember, I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> that is quite, you know, that, that's exactly, and then I was thinking, no, it's being recorded. So thank you for uh, saying it for me. Being recorded? What? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, you, you, but... con you confessed <laughs> your sexuality is on record, sir. Did they just come out? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. This guy's got a boyfriend backstage. Shush, Dan, shush. All right. Are these all TV executives? <laughs> no, they're laughing. Because they've got some laugh. great ideas. <laughs> so Celia can fly, but Luke can't fly. I'm and in. they're broke. I love it. <laughs> so this is actually an interesting reflection of how a writer's room can work. Because there are relationships between people that can make some stronger. There's the young upstart, and then there's the old bearded one. Passive aggressive. That's pretty. Would you say that kind of sums it up? Is this ratio of male to female about accurate? Well, unfortunately, this is the norm. I mean, I, if, if cutting off the table before we even get to you, I think that's part of the problem. In, in is that um, diversity is still a. Um, it's still quota enforced and it's still even if you're even if you're aspiring to achieve representation in the room it's representation so it's like it must be so frustrating for you being a white man yeah down. how dull yeah yeah you know? well it's frustrating because only i can solve racism and sexism yeah <laughs> it's not easy I'm so um, relieved I'm gay, you know what I mean? I hate your life. But imagine being the only, imagine being the only woman or even one of two women in a 10 writer room. It, what we found with, with, with gender balance, the reason that that's so important, balance, not representation, not like get one in there and now we don't have to feel guilty on the way home at night. Like it's, the reason balance is important is because then every single woman, if there's five women in a room of 10 writers, each one of them can just be a writer. Not a single one of them has to worry about representing their gender. So if one of them is more partial to blue humor or one of them feels more, you know, like I don't like to work dirty, like they don't have to then filter that through, oh, I, I'm the woman. Like, yeah. like they can all, and, and yet then you do have the whole point of diversity, which is that you have represent, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then Dan Harmon got a medal from Australia. <laughs> Celia, what were you about to say? As the woman. <laughs> uh, I, I, I take that point, but you can't not put everything through the filter of as a woman in comedy. I'll and tell you what you go through. <laughs> <laughs> Do go on, Celia. Spoil me. Um, <laughs> I, uh, in, in stand-up and everything, there is a certain aspect, and, and whether that's people putting on you of, of representing your gender, it very much feels like in comedy, we've talked about this before, if a man is not funny, it's that guy's not funny, if a woman's not funny, it's like, see, chicks aren't funny. It's all, all of them. Um, but, so you can't help but do that, I don't think it stops you, but there's always going to be an element at this point that you do go, whatever I put forward is going to be... It's just, it's just, it's just something in your mind goes. This is a woman, and then the jokes. But it doesn't stop you from making jokes. When you were writing, you were one of the joke writers for Good News Week. Is yeah, that yeah, correct? and that was an amazing opportunity to learn that they opened that. Up. I don't know if it was for women specific, but I think it was. Claire Hooper recommended me for it, and it was a trial program just to give 
people experience, maybe it was women specific, I'm not sure, and from that I got a job on their show for a year and a half, which was great, which was based on, and the thing is, whenever there's something like, if people, if I get an advantage for being a woman, because they're looking for a woman, so there's less of us to choose from, I have zero guilt taking that advantage because <laughs> of the pile of bullshit that I have to put up with to get there, and then even when you get there, you still have to prove yourself, so I do not see it as like a, as a, as a, extra advantage for, for being a champion. And that small yeah. inconvenience that if your male boss has a crush on you, you're absolutely fucked. Like, yep. it, because there's a power Never dynamic happen. and, <laughs> like... Yet, Celia, yet. Um, as a, uh, yeah, you don't have to feel guilty about, like, yeah, it's catch as catch cat. I, and I, I, I would do not mean to imply at all that it's, like, I wasn't, I wasn't labeling the problem with women. Oh, no, no. I, I was going, like, I, even though we said it in jest, it actually is true. What is my yeah. role in any of this at all, if anything? I mean, it's not a hard job, but, yeah, what's my job? It's to try to create an environment of as close as possible to Roddenberry-esque fairness, egalitarian, can I, can I please just take a vial and add 17% African-American to this writer's room? <laughs> like, it's not, I, I ha, that, that's my only job if I'm being proactive. Yeah. Other, my only alternative to being proactive being being like, and I'm not saying these people are bad people, but you're kind of David Milches who are just like, they're so, in, they're so who is that? Uh, you know, he, um, NYPD Blue, D Deadwood. Um, uh, he's very respected. Racist. Uh, he. He, <laughs> <laughs> he famously, like in panels, like when the concept of diversity was first becoming a real hot topic, he was. Some would say admirably honest because he wasn't pretending. Not the vodka. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, some would say admirably honest because he simply said, look, I'll just tell you the truth. He said something like, like white rights like or something like that, where he's like, yeah, I tend to hire white writers because I, like, um, I, I, they understand the neighborhood I grew up in. or something. He kind of just explained, he wasn't making any, he wasn't claiming that he had the answers. He just said, this is what I do, get out of my way and don't ask me to make my writer's room a place where progress is achieved because it's hard enough to make good writing achieved there. I'm putting words in his mouth. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm from the Norman Lear kind of camp of like, look, call me a, a you know, white knight, like kind of fake, call it protesting too much, call it compensation. I have too much guilt about it. I, I want to create a fair environment because then I want it to be a talent contest. Yeah. I want I want everything to be fair because I want to prove I'm better than everybody. Yeah, but but also it's not just about fairness. I, I think it's about shutting yourself off from a different point of view. Like when we do, I always wanted to first time to try and write a TV show with a guy. As a uh, as a redhead. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to be a minority. Okay. To be <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I I think it's it's better for you. It's beneficial if you've got people from different backgrounds or different life experiences because they've got more of the world that you don't see. One of my favourite things about your show is that it's um, a male and a female that are friends without any sexual tension. It seems like sort of weirdly subversive to have. You sort of don't see that very often, you know? It's like you sort of pretend in society like boys and girls shouldn't be friends a lot. We had to, it was funny how much we had to fight just to make the characters stay friends and not get together. Well, it's I very still, hard because you I know what? You do you know what is really easy to write? You two falling in love. Like, if you want to have an easy month not and write like hack. a season. <laughs> <laughs> but you well, like. He it, doesn't like me, I can't do it. Romance is easy. It's like yeah. paint by numbers. But you know I, how to do it. 
Yeah. It's interesting that, so once again, it's a stereotype that we're trying not to pursue, but it's interesting, Dan and Celia, once you're in that writer's room, there are also, there are a whole lot of layers of sexism that isn't just because it's a patriarchy, but it's because there are more boys than girls. Boys perform their material differently in a writer's room. If you're outnumbered, you might be seeking the approval of male executive producers who may or may not be white. So there are a whole lot of layers that you can be playing into that affect whether your material gets through. What do you think, Celia? Uh, the best lesson I got, I did a, I did a law review um, because the late, because the D generation did it, who were like my idols and I wanted to be yeah. like them. So I did the Melbourne Uni Law Review, uh, even though I didn't go to Melbourne or study law. <laughs> um, and I found it was a real boys club, not on purpose. So there was like four, it was like 20 dudes, real click uh, uni guys, and I found it really hard to fit in. And not on purpose, Sexist, which is kind of the word, like there weren't bad guys. I don't think they noticed they were doing it. To the point where I'd say a thing in a group and nothing and the guy sitting next to me would say the exact same thing that I just said and everyone would laugh. And it was really upsetting, but it taught me a very valuable lesson which made me write my fucking ass off. Because all the chicks, all the pictures just got thrown away and I just drowned them in scripts. I just went, right, you turn that one down, here's 20 more. I'm going to give you 30 more until they get through and end up getting like five of my sketches on the thing. So it was shitty, but also a really valuable lesson, which is prove yourself by your work. Yeah, well, well done. Rather than okay. getting annoyed, rather than, because I did, nights I'd go home and be like, well, I just want to quit because it feels like I'm not being listened to, this is too hard, but then I lose again, so. Yeah, I, fi I find this a lot, by the way, when I'm talking to female writers about this, um, first of all, I always know, I'm talking to a female writer, I record it, I record the date and time. Um, <laughs> and a uh, photo. I must remember this the next time I'm in front of an audience. Yeah. Do you need me to sign something for you? <laughs> yeah, I make sure there's a lawyer present all the time. Um, and like, sometimes your fly's unzipped, it's just, it's, not, it's an accident. Oh, <laughs> gross. Um, I, I do find that to, to, like, like, there's a dynamic, there's a thing playing out here that's totally understandable and is actually the healthiest thing, which is, I think, the patriarch, the Gandalfy guy going, at best, going, oh, there's so much that needs to be done, and I'm, and the, but the young female writers, of course, if I put myself in their shoes, I can't. You're welcome. It's like, of course, you're a writer first. If you're a writer first, then there's this, like, Ugh, you don't want to be you don't want to be talked about or to in this way. You want it to be a meritocracy too. And so that landscape, as jagged and uneven as it is, you're like your your counterpoint is always going to be as an individual and, and as a as a possibly a role model to young like females that want to be writers, like which is a it's better for you to say what you're saying, which is like, yeah, kind of kind of suck it up, buttercup, a little bit. <laughs> like is the but but you, I hope you agree that you should be saying that and I shouldn't, right? Like, 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 like you, like, like, like everybody, I think the, 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 the Python uh, guys who are all white straight males ostensibly, I don't know, but the, um, the, 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 they, they was the Oxford versus Cambridge thing and it was like less guys from Oxford or Cambridge. I, the, anybody who's worth their salt in a writer's room, no matter how hard they think they have it because of any hazing, I'm the new fireman on the old fireman team. I'm a firewoman. Firewoman? Um, <laughs> the, uh, like like, like, like a, a firewoman worth her salt is gonna be the one that's like, like I don't wanna hear any of this shit about like fairness and all yeah. this stuff, like, and, and actually, I, th I find that American comedy writer women 
one of whom is my girlfriend, like, I, I, um, I took, took her. Um, <laughs> I, when I found her, she was an American female comedy writer. Now she's my girlfriend. <laughs> It's a weird tango that your mind has to do if you're if you if you're a writer that's like being a Jedi. It's like that comes first. It's like, fuck you, my lightsaber moves faster than yours. I don't want to have this conversation. Kind of. Yeah. There to represent your mind, not not a gender. I did have yeah. an idea for a show though. Why are you saying that? Fire woman, and you think it's going to be all like super positive with chicks? It's about a chick woman. And nah, it's about a sex. <laughs> fires any woman who works. Yeah. <laughs> You got a vagina? Get out! <laughs> Next, a firewoman. Fabulous. Simple as that, guys. Pitch number seven. Well, certainly, we know if, if Hillary Clinton had just had said you're fired more, yes. she could have been president. See? She should have been the firewoman. <laughs> you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. fired. I'm fired. president. I well, barely ever. Uh, <laughs> if we think about kind of flavors of the moment and what's in the zeitgeist, whether it's, it's women writers, women representation, or, or ethnicity, how successful do you think it, you would have been at getting Please Like Me through the door? 10 years ago. I mean, even five years ago, we had gay kisses that were like big conversations. I was having fights about the gay kiss, right? And I was myself like, oh, should we not keep it on for this many seconds because it's going on the television and people will turn off, which they will, and they did. Um, but even now it's changed. I very rarely hire heterosexual men. No offense. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> We have heterosexual men that lift things. Um, <laughs> we have heterosexual men that count. Smoke detectors always on the fritz. <laughs> Outside of those two areas on our show, I think we have almost zero. Is that intentional? I don't know. I only bias? just realized over the last five minutes because I got worried. I was like, am I misogynistic? And I was like being counting through our crew, and I realized that I'm heterophobic. <laughs> yeah. I think it's okay to be that at the moment. I just don't want them around. <laughs> no offense. Is, is that because they're down? It like why? I I don't know. I just, you want your your gang? I only just realised about two minutes ago that I hate heterosexual men. This is a big moment for me, and I'm working through it with you. Like. <laughs> and that doesn't doing, include you. Are we still doing movie night tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> You're not really. You guys aren't heterosexual men. No. <laughs> <laughs> not, not by Kinsey's definitions, yeah. surely, no. That's not, like... Oh, you've got to give us a, a couple of bullet points on what describes a heterosexual man, then, don't you? You know. Well, it's all too well. There's no, like, managers or, like, there's no, you know. Well, the thing is, right, because I, it's my show and I have to keep the power dynamic. <laughs> I need to own it. So we don't hire big... Alphas. Alpha men. I just would never. I don't know. It's all, it's all lesbians and gays and... I, I don't know. I just realised. Well, if we were pitching a show... Well, also, the show is very... The type of people that are going to want to work on Please Like Me are... They're very fey, you know? <laughs> they're gentle spirits. 
My show is very gentle. I, 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 it has a dog, which you made a comment about earlier. I, it's fine you, to have I a dog. I saw you bristle, like, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's a fucking, it's a I'm sure it wasn't a studio dog. note. You didn't kowtow to it. A straight guy didn't say put a dog in it, right? <laughs> Otherwise, if, if so, you should be ashamed of yourself. I You're said, if you don't put this dog, if you don't put my actual pet dog in it, I'm walking. <laughs> you know, you know, Josh, I, I'm not going to get a hard on watching your show. The least you could do is put a gold retriever in it. <laughs> I'm not asking for tits. <laughs> well, actually, uh, the show interestingly ventures into some otherwise unexplored areas. So it's not only homosexual men kissing and having sex in the show, but there's also representation of mental illness with the character who Gross, gross, it. gross. <laughs> what if it's a dog that has mental illness? <laughs> That's your age. Fun, fun, fun. There you go, there's the next Like Lassie, Lassie was fucking <laughs> yeah, psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <gasps> so Josh, how open were the powers that be to these inclusions? Did they encourage it? Did you have to fight for them? Well, there's a lot of stuff we did in the show which is, was weird, and there was a lot of meetings where people would look at me and they'd be like, I don't really know. Like, especially, I mean, when we, should I say this? When we, like, um, we didn't get Film Vic funding because they were like, the scripts aren't ready. And then I put in, like, the exact same script that they rejected to the Writers Guild Award, and we won, right? Um, wow. And they, that's their note. So we had a lot of people that were reading the scripts and they just didn't understand what was happening until we made the show. So. And then, I don't know, like, the second season is an episode where, like, Josh and Mum go on a hike and it's just them for the whole time talking about suicide. Mm. So, like, obviously, like, if you're an executive and I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, they just, like, chat about suicide mm. in the bush. <laughs> I had to get very good at, like, defending my ideas. Like, one of the big things I've learned in this show is how to communicate why I think something is a good idea. Because before this, I just did stand-up, and I would just walk out and do it, and I would find out <laughs> pretty quickly. But this show, you have to... When you work in a show, and they're giving you millions and millions of dollars, you have to convince people, and you have to get them on board. And that stuff, penetrative anal sex, yeah, you've got you to gotta be able to sell. <laughs> You, you gotta have your sales techniques down if you wanna do a penetrative anal sex scene in a, in a warehouse. What's your one line? Are you penetrative? Penetrative <laughs> anal sex. You, you heard me. As it's opposed penetrative... to, uh, 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 Well, you can, like, you osmotic. Can rim. <laughs> you can, you can what? You can rim. It's when you, you, oh, like you lick a... Like, is this being oh, recorded? Oh, 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 okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. With your mouth. You can oral, oral anal. Anal, oh. oral anal like sex. Like, it's like a, you're going, yeah. it's like a, yeah. Can you... So I'm we glad we cleared any. that up. Does anyone want to draw this conversation on the whiteboard? I just don't well, think this is what the laptop is for. Let's <laughs> get started. We will write that down. Yeah. Luke, yes, what were you going to say? No, I, I regret it. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Believe in like... yourself. I just don't think, like, I don't I, I, Is it possible to have sex without... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You can't write all the time. Okay. Because everybody will read that and not listen to what Luke's saying. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, this isn't final draft. It's, I, I have to actually. Okay. I just. Yeah. I just. I, I, it's OCD. Finish your I just sentence. have to. Like, <laughs> You're only allowed to finish the time. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Luke. Yes, sir. You, you were just saying that you didn't have anything to say and then we were rediscovering that you did. No, I, I can't. It's not worried. It's too much build-up now for... I know, it's difficult. Do you want to make something else up? or you... Like, well, let's talk for a moment about Rosehaven, which... Some... That's what I was going to say. Oh, OK. Is, uh, I think... <laughs> That it's impossible. Is it? It's impossible to have sex without some kind of penetration, right? <laughs> no, well, that, that was the Bill Clinton question, wasn't it? No, it's even welcome have oral to my life. Sex. Yeah, but oral, oral sex still involves. Well, okay. So, do you need? Do you know what rimming is? Because I, I feel like we covered it, but. Um... <laughs> not, 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 I don't mean penetrating. I just mean like it all depends. Like, let's say you like in soccer, if you get a goal, it's just, <laughs> that's a goal. And I just have to point out that Luke actually did a whole show, yeah. a series. What is that? Three, six, was six part? It was a six part. It was a six. Educating himself about sex. It clearly has not worked. Oh, but yeah. so yes, rimming is that where you were well, at? You like you can, you can do. Yeah, you don't have to. I guess you're very, dick, you, very dick you, focused if you on think this. It, no, no, no. If you think of the soccer goal, yeah. you think of the line as the rim. You know, the soccer and sex are like not. <laughs> Has this become very sophisticated bullying? Are we just <laughs> What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> you use your tongue or what? <laughs> oh, no. oh, I thought you were bullying Luke. Am oh, I no. the one being bullied? Oh, well, I'm just saying, I like, don't want to be the one like, being how many, bullied. How many I'm just saying, how many questions are we going to have before it becomes like... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean about that. I meant... Um, it was a bit. <laughs> it, was, it was semantics it was about a. Question. It, was a it was a question about soccer. <laughs> <laughs> you can see how they work well as a team. Luke, it, was it a sex question? Because we can answer it if you need it. <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, I'll. I'll. I'll um, I think we're talking about you. when you're trying to pitch ideas. Yes. So what I'm wondering, because yeah. I think you might have become. Sorry, Dan. I'm, I mean. You might have become an accidental activist with Please Like Me because you were pushing things that are important in your life. Well, I always forget that I'm gay because, like, for nine months of the year, I'm just making the show. And it's, I don't think about being gay that much, right? Like, when I wake up and my boyfriend's there, I don't go, like, ooh. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> and that's what I'm at. So I'm, like, writing my scripts, and I'm like, you know, Josh kisses Arnold, and I don't ever really consider it, and then it goes to air, and every interview is like, gay? <laughs> you are a gay? And I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> and well, what about you guys with Rosehaven, which is perhaps at the polar opposite? Are there hidden political and social statements in there that... <laughs> is it about... <laughs> is that <Sorry>. conscious? <laughs> is that... Did people make you remove them or that was not your intention? What was no, your no, no, goal we in writing it, it? We just wanted it... But the, the pitch for this, the original pitch for this show was Luke and I talking shit. And they went, we need more. <laughs> So it was and never to make a point. We wanted to. We thought it'd be nice to have a show that's nice, that's yep. got real heart, that's idiots trying to get along, and it's not mean to anyone. It's not making fun of anyone. It's just silly and dumb fun. Yeah, it was. We, I mean, <laughs> which you did, which you, which you did, very we, successfully. We, we, uh, it, was, it was. I guess we we thought about it. Like we had a one in one episode. The um, the there's a there's two tenants that are a gay couple, but we just tried not to make that have any relevance on the plot. They just were a gay couple. Or 
if we had people... What did you do with the... What did you do with them? Was that, was that we, what happened with the gay couple? Oh, they, they were tenants, and yeah. then we, um, they were... Uh, you, have you seen the show? You? So they were renting. Was it, they were renting, they were renting. Yeah. And so they, that's they not were, feasible They were leaving the... I don't know. <laughs> trying to make them uncomfortable. But <laughs> you were a little bit um, sexist we... because they had a very clean apartment. Surprisingly clean. Do you remember that? See, you've... Oh. We'll rewrite I mean, it. if we'd made them horrible <laughs> tenants, then people would be like... You can't win. You can't win. If you, made it, if you made them pigs, then you lose. If you make them tidy, then you lose. Do you know what the answer is? No gays. No gays. <laughs> well, weirdly, we wanted, like, we wanted, that's that whole thing about trying to be inclusive. We wanted it to be more diverse. So, like, when you see the promo shot, it is so white, which so makes white. us feel Yeah, I feel awful. the same. Yeah. Um, about our show. <laughs> no, about oh, my show. Okay, right. Very white. <laughs> but, like, we, we didn't do enough, but we tried. We had, but we had an open casting call in Tasmania, and we just couldn't find... It's do you know what I think Tasmanian the thing cast. is? Right, so in Australia... Oh, is this going to sound racist? Well, let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> we've tried really hard for years now, right? And we're really, we're really... But I think um, most of the immigrants in Australia have come pretty recently and generally first or second generation immigrants don't want to be actors. They're like, have real jobs, you know? Really? And it's like hard, it's hard. We, I really, I don't know, I found it really hard. It was a high priority for us from the beginning. But it's one of those things where we just sort of, with what we go is we go, but we've got a lot of, we've got an 84 year old woman, we have a lot of strong older female characters in our show. Yeah. If only Luke was black, everything would be <laughs> the The other thing the about making a television show that I, didn't know about that I found quite confronting was because you have to pick every person mm. in the show. So it's like, Josh, you know, like, what, what do you want the 7-Eleven worker to look like? And it's like, um, do you make them Indian? Or is that <laughs> offensive? Or then if you make them white, is that like a bit like you're lying, really? Like, so, so, so then it's like... <laughs> But, but like, also, what do you do? it's like, taking what? a job away from an Indian actor. Yeah. If you don't, but like, I see. It's, it's like hard. You don't want to like. It's what, what answer is not offensive? I don't know. There's always. We're probably not going to come to the answer to with this panel. <laughs> it's very. <laughs> <laughs> we might, because we haven't heard from Dan yet. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this one, Dan? Well, we leapt all around that Monopoly board. I mean, we've got diversity in the writers' room, which I'll say from the states. I, don't, I have no idea what your situation is it's here. It's easier in the states, I think. Uh, I may I mean, I, I, uh, here's the thing in the, the states. Casting. I'll tell. All I'll tell you is the situation in the states. D racial diversity in the writers' room. It, the obstacle uh, uh, between now and and what we would like to see, if we're liking to see representation, um, is that it's this unspoken fact that um, being a writer, a television writer in the states, is a lot like being a doctor, a dentist. It, it, it requires a support system, like way more than you have in a lower income home. Like for it's, the, the problem, the syndrome starts with the fact that third grade black girls aren't being told TV writer is up there with astronaut and doctor and it's, it's all the things that you can be. I feel like I just tried to say this and they thought it was racist and I love that you're doubling down on it. Um, but it's like, it is like, it is like when people, and I, so I'm talking about casting, so we don't, we don't hire writers. We've had three writers and, since the beginning and that's it. But like finding 
people who have been given the same opportunities where they then get to go and be great at acting. It's really hard, but none of the other shows are hiring people that aren't white. Finding an experienced actor that's not white is really hard. So then you find yourself in a situation where you're like, we want to be more diverse, but this person it doesn't have as much experience as this person. And then it's hard to know what to do, because you also don't want to be putting you don't want to be favoring people and putting them on when they're, when they're not. In the States, the job. answer is you have to look harder. Like you, 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 and, and then you can, so you have to look so hard that you can sleep like a baby. You know, yeah. you have to, and the, and the truth is, and it changes every day in the States. There's a gold rush right now for women because it's like you can be a female, that's half of the population of the United States, even more technically, and you, why did I throw that in? 51%, don't forget. <laughs> Power in numbers. Um, the, 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 it, but it's like, that's a, it's, I'm not saying, I'm not equivocating or, you know, it's a, it's a different thing to achieve gender diversity, gender equality in a writer's room. Then the racial thing comes in among writers. Your writing staff, if your writing staff is Lily White, um, that is a different obstacle to overcome because, it, it is, because the reason for the need for that is not because we like to see different colors when we look into rooms. The need for that is because we sense this syndrome happening where television's being written by rich white people for, and then everyone's getting the signal that it, you, if, you are, if you are a different color, then you're not supposed to write television or beyond the, all the jokes and the observations and the things, it's just the syndrome. You don't know what chicken is laying what egg, all you know is that when you ask for a pile of the best writers, you get them from the best agencies, and there is a very, very small amount of technically diverse people, and then the diverse people in that pile are people that went to Harvard, people that went to Yale, people whose parents could afford to have their kids say, I don't know what I want to do for 10 years. Um, and that is the bottom line. Like, Dan, like it's, it's harder to be poor, which is the actual diversity you want in the States. It's class, not race, that's the important thing. Yeah. It's unfortunately connected to race, which is an important thing to notice. You don't want just, is someone doing a cricket sound effect on purpose? Is that the just fun. Australia? <laughs> Is it, are we in the bush? Uh, that, I, thought, I thought that was yeah. like your sound guy is just like, wrap it up, Yankee. There's bigger issues to address. All you can do is stand your station and be proactive within your station. If you're a showrunner, you have a responsibility, in my opinion. You can't fall back on well, like... Not just a responsibility, but surely it just makes the show better. Like, you just want diversity of voices. You want different perspectives. You want, if you're building a show with lots of different characters, you want to show as many different point of views as possible to make the show good. Uh, yes, but I would also say... It, uh, I'm not trying to be a hero. I, that's no, obvious. actually, no, I think Can you're I, bravely, you're, you're actually, because what you're, because you're kind of, I'm, I'm the one who could be, you looked at as reaching too hard to be a hero. But I, I, because I truly believe in actually that extra six inches of proactivity, penetrative uh, proactivity. <laughs> Uh, that, 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 uh, but not you, I, you, you, for you, you, you implied maybe a little bit of self-effacement when you were like, oh, I, I just like the people that I, I trust and like they're going to enable me creatively. This isn't your, it's, it, it comes around to this joke again where it's just like, I'm a straight white male. It's my fucking job to just like, no, I'm going to fix everything. Like, what else do I do? Your job isn't to do that as a showrunner. Like, our, our goal is to get to a place where, where even straight white males can just hire straight white males if that makes them, make them comfortable. That'll 
probably after we achieved this goal yeah. of breaking this chain reaction of you can only be writing television if you're a straight white male. This is all state-oriented, too. I don't know how it works in Australia. I have no idea what your situation is. Dan, can you just... Sorry. Oh, sorry. This, Luke, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, get to, I always get scared to talk about these issues because I don't... Um, but I, I get I to... Uh, I, 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 I saw... A, it was a, I, I'm worried I'm going to stuff this up. But I saw, a, I saw a, a comic... It was a cartoon once, and it was about equality, and it had three people of different heights looking over a fence, and they all had the same box to support them which meant that because they all have the same box, they're all given equal opportunities, the, sh the shorter two couldn't see over the fence. It was only, so then it said, it was something like equality and then the other version was proactivity or something like that. Where, what was it, sorry? Equity, was it? Whatever they said that was the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, and then it was people of different heights with different sized boxes to, so they could all see over the fence. And I think if you are in a position where you're handing out the boxes, and I think that's what Dan and Josh were talking about before, is that you do have an obligation to, if someone needs a bigger box to see over the fence, then you should give that to them. <laughs> Beautifully said. <laughs> 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 what were you worried about there? I don't know. <laughs> It's just a lovely, I saw a cartoon and you should give people boxes. But, uh, what risks did you think you took in that anecdote? I, I don't know. I was, I was worried I was going to finish with, uh, and I love Hitler or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan, it's interesting. I, I heard some people talking about community recently and saying that that was, in fact, profoundly subversive in their eyes. Elevating community college, representation. How many years ago was the first series up? 2009 was, uh, yeah, the year that was a hit. Do you think if, if you... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll believe me, I don't know. If you were to start that series again, are there elements that you would change because it's a different time and place now? Uh, are, you are you talking about... Cast-wise, um, the voices within it. Would it be, do you think that show would still take off if it started day one today? Yeah, I think I nailed it. I mean, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> I well, because we did. There was, and it's it's not to my credit, honestly. I there is a. Um, I wrote a. Uh, it's based on a real experience I had, which is me as a narcissistic like uh, guy. I took a community college class and ended up in the same. I had this real experience, and I was like, this seems like a TV kind of thing. So then I pitched it, and in development. Um, the guy that was my boss, who's like the guy that I would come to like shit on and be like, you're a dumb, get out of the edit bay. You know, the non-creative like producer-y guy that's like the guy that gets it all started. Like he was the, he, he looked at my first list of characters, which was like, this guy's a divorced black uh, shoe salesman who comes from Kentucky. And it's like, he, 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 everything was like very cosmetic. Like it was all about background. I thought I was, that was me thinking I was doing my job, like Norman Lear, like, oh, um, I'll have the Hispanic blah blah blah, and the the Russian uh, immigrant, and the uh, and, and the the producer that looked at it said, "This, are you writing a Benetton billboard?" Or <laughs> did, like like if your emphasis is on achieving like uh, this uh, randomness, then don't make it so fixed. Figure out what you think makes people different from each other, um, and then when we cast it. 
we'll, we'll use techniques available to us to randomize the casting. Um, and, and, and that was the first huge boon to, to that whole thing. It was like, like, like that wasn't my idea. I, I went along, I was like, that's brilliant, let's do that. So I, I varied the characters based on age. And in the script, most of them were race neutral. Like I didn't, I didn't know there was, Abed had a background that was part of his thing. I'm going way off on a tangent here. This is not, this is helpful. Um, was you, his character you, named Abed? Yes. Okay. And and then there was and then there was an issue with the fact that I was he was he's Palestinian and we hired the funniest brown dude that came in <laughs> who was Indian, uh, half Indian, half Polish. And it, I, I it's, this is a weird it's a weird it's weird shit we could do a whole panel about for six hours. <laughs> uh, but but um, what I I wouldn't really do that much differently. Not in front of the typewriter um, or even in front of the computer that we all use. Who am I trying to impress with my pocket watch? Um, uh, the, I wouldn't do anything really differently in the executing of, a, of, of it in that regard. I'm assuming there'd be more jokes about having a bad back uh, <laughs> because it's like years later. But and then in the casting of it, that's what we did. We had we we had just like we, we just saw everybody, and then we were like, okay, I guess Annie's white because Allison Bree just came in and nailed it. So that ch check a white off of this bingo card. <laughs> like we can't, we, we, and that's the unfortunate. So like this is a set in a community college. We can't have seven white people. So we just burnt a whitey. You know, we just like. I'm so sorry. I don't know. I don't know the actors then, but I've watched every episode of Community. The, the dean is my favorite. Jim, right. were you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> here's the crazy. So here's the crazy Good thing job. about Jim Rash. Yes, please. I, the, um, the the reason why, like, we had cast a guy who was this crazy-looking, like, really tall guy with a sharp Adam's apple. And uh, Ben Silverman, one of the last things he did before he left NBC, he came to the community table read, and all of the actors had been cast, including that guy as the dean. And Ben Silverman's one note was, "This is going to be great. You're a superstar." Why don't you recast the dean? There's not enough diversity in your thing because he was a white guy. So we 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 went fuck. We love that guy and that poor guy. He's like, I'll never show up to a table read again. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we we cast a wide net. We and, and we were like, really, you're telling us he has to be not white? And he's like, no, wisely. Like, no, that's a line you can't cross. No, he can't. He can't. He's not forbidden to be a race. That will really lose a battle before we win the war. Yeah, yeah. What we're telling you is reshake the Yahtzee cup and see if you can find, see if you can beat that guy and also in addition to it cosmetically achieve the overall effect of diversification of ethnicity. God, Jesus Christ, these conversations. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're not unlike conversations that were had in the most problematic of times. Because um, we're, we're talking about people like they're fucking property. And, and so, um, but we did cast a hugely wide net and we did pray to Christ because we wanted a television show not to get canceled that someone perfect for the role who was coincidentally Asian, Latino, black would walk in the door. But Jim Rash walked in, and in, a, in a sea of, of just like, give us humanity, everybody. George Takai came in, it was crazy. It's pronounced Takai. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jim Rash came in and it was like, holy uh, shit, this is so much more important than that. This is a dean that's never been seen, in my so opinion. Yeah. So, sorry. For, for those in the audience who are uh, actors or directors, for example, how, how much is an actor allowed to embellish the character on the paper and how much do you want them, you've envisioned the character and you want them to nail it the way you've seen it? 
Anybody got input? On I am. Um, yeah, I, I, we rarely, we have, Australia doesn't have that many actors, right? So like, I think casting for you would be, you would have, you could have any specific type of person you wanted, you could sort of get. Australia, you, you can't do that. So uh, later seasons as we've gone on and cast new characters, I've written them, we often have gone to casting with no age, no race. Um, we've had a gender before because she was sharing a house with my mum in a mental home, so she had to be female, but otherwise we wouldn't have. Um, and we've just tried to find people with personality that we find sort of exciting. Like yeah. And then once we cast them, I went through and rewrote the character to match. This is Denise Drysdale, who we ended up getting, which I'm thrilled about. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we, you know, so that's how we do it. I, think I, I found you have I, to be very flexible. It's, with it's, and it's, it's a complicated task when you're in front of a word processor. I upgraded from typewriter. Uh, the, <laughs> it, because, because now think about it. I recently wrote a pilot with a collaborator. We tried to do, we tried to think, could we do that with gender? Can you write a gender neutral character? The answer is no, there's a thing called pronouns in English. Like you can't, it'll read like ketchup instructions. You're, yeah. you're like he or she then does this yes. or that. It's like, okay, so with, but, but this con it's like the writer producer in TV has to have this like kind of weird. If you have the luxury of writing it and then going to cast it, then you can decide that you will find someone that you love and change it. It's annoying, because it's like extra work, because you have to like convince the network with the character that you've constructed that you might not actually end up using, and right. then you have to go through and retype it. And that's, <laughs> that's but, it, but it is ruin. it is an amazing exercise to ask yourself like okay so suppose this person wasn't Mexican you know like yeah. you you go like oh so what drives this character it really it, it, it and then you go and cast and then you if if a if a Latino American in our case like walks in the door and 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 it like nails the part you're like. Then you go, that actor who might be a stand-up comic, he might be a writer, he might be a he might be a she. You might even I was. Be, um, <laughs> uh, uh, they then bring. I, 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 I'm just rephrasing. I'm just re. Yeah. re I'm just reselling what you just sold. It's just that, that, that's, the, that's the amazing miracles. Like, they come in and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, age too. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't know this person could be 70. And then they go like, yeah, I'm a 70 year old Latino. Um, uh, and I was thinking this guy might be a big Jets fan. What are you? What are you talking about? I'm not into sports. And then they start talking. You do another pass on the script for that actor. Yeah. And then you find as you've done the first season, you go into the second season and you've got the real person in your mind and then they yep. start bleeding into the character. The yes, only, the only example I can think of where that doesn't, where they actually wrote a script and then you could, like, there's a game called Mass Effect and they wrote a script that was a neutral script and I'm, I'm pretty, I don't know, correct me if anyone knows, but I don't think the script was changed at all whether you select a f male or female voice cast. The script is identical, is that right? Yeah, this I, 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 as a I played through it quite a few times. Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You like video games? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's the only example in my mind I can think of where it was a fully voiced role and character that lasted. And you know, this is hours and hours and hours of dialogue because it's a video game, but a really high production one. But the character was essentially neutral. You you could choose the sexuality. You could choose. Um, their gender, but the, the dialogue, from what I understand, was identical. Huh? Um, and it sounds like a good game. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, well, we're going to get on to our game in a second, but I just want to ask two more things. <laughs> in terms of... You, I know. you bullied him. You bullied him. Bully? I'm, I'm from the so, States. I can see it. I can so recognize hard. all of it. It's so hard. No, it, it also has some... Gay on nerd bullying is one of the biggest problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I thought... We, we, it's not long ago we were on the same side, i.e. the 80s. Like, like, we were all just different kinds of nerds. And now... God damn it, these gays. <laughs> what? Okay, this quick. homosexual is bitchy? <laughs> <laughs> quick question. How? In terms of anybody uh -huh. here who's thinking of writing, how open do they need to be for execs coming in and destroying a script? Putting their two bobs worth in, not understanding it, changing it for sponsors, uh, audience, whatever. With the, we've got the least experience in this, but I'd say picking your battles and compromising and not getting like, if, if, if a note comes in that you don't like, your instinct is, what the fuck did yeah, you say about my baby? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, but to it, chill and, and then the, the things that you really are really important to you, so let little things go so that the ones that you really are important to you, that you can fight for that. Yeah, I, I agree. It's sometimes you, because we, we had a couple of things where we were just like, no, nah, but, he, and sometimes the, sometimes the note comes through and that's not the note. I don't know how to describe it, like they don't, they say they want something, but it's not actually what, what they want. Not yep. what they want. No, After I, the pages, the problem's four, four pages earlier. Yeah. They're like, this isn't working. And you're like, no, this scene is fucking beautiful. Uh, but then you have to go like, why are they not getting it? You have to ask yourself that. Like, I don't yeah. agree with yep. what they're saying, yep. but why are they not getting it? And then take a step back, and usually it's on page seven. Yeah. The yeah. note behind the note, we, 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 yeah. we say. Like, that's our way of not addressing their note. We address the note behind their note. We're like, this dummy doesn't know how to say uh, <laughs> he, needs, he needs the pilot to be more sad. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's saying, put a dog in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like, like um, yeah, and, and, it, it, and it's, it, I, I agree with, it's the pick your battles thing, with a slight tweak on the reason you're really doing that, it's not, I think it would be a mistake for a writer to view the collaborative development process as a chessboard where battles are won and lost. I think you've lost when you start to look at it that compartmentalized, like, okay, well, let's take a hit on this bad idea if they genuinely are telling you to make your show worse in your absolute expertise, and that's a big, huge if, because get over yourself. Like, 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 like good TV is a fluke. You don't, you feel like you yeah. know everything, but like, it's a big if that you, if you really feel like they're straight up saying, um, make your show worse, address this note, then tell them, as a carpenter would, you just told me to put no fire exits on this building. Why is a carpenter being hired to put fire exits? <laughs> <laughs> I want them all made of wood. Very thorough carpenter. It's a, it's a yeah. bad architect. I want these wood fire exits. Um, I want a rustic feel to them. You, you should have to, they should be powered by coal. Um, the, the, the only in the event of a fire will they truly, okay, but, but. <laughs> But that, when I say that's a big if, it's like, yeah, it's such a big if that it's usually not true. So I'm just tweaking that thing because it's a 43-year epiphany that, like, wait a minute, it's not always about their bad note and, oh, I hear a lot of writers talk like that, like, um, we will, uh, let's let this one go and that one go and that one go because then when it really matters, then they'll agree with us and we'll have the good idea. Slight tweak on that is, like, 
there's gotta be a way to work with their note. There's gotta be a way that their bad idea can be a good idea if you're so good. Oh, you you're so build, smart. You have to build the skills to like, I feel like 40% of writing and editing when I'm doing that job is selling yeah, and yeah. doing conversations and convincing. And really it depends on the executive. Like over four years, I think we would have had like eight or nine and two of them were fucking idiots. And that's just the way it is. So, like, the rest of them, I really enjoy the notes process because yeah. they're the first people to read the script. Very and it's helpful exciting. a lot of the I mean, time. Often it's usually helpful. I mean, they rejected your first six pitches. <laughs> you know? And then you yeah. got to Rosehaven, which is a magnificent show. Like, yeah. that, thank you. It, it, right? <laughs> like, and that, that is, like, they are often in that job because they know what's going on, but then occasionally you just get a If you're pitching pitch. friends, in yeah. the States, and the executive says, what if Joey had a monkey, and you're positive that ruins friends? <laughs> Maybe you're not that good a writer. <laughs> Maybe you should be working on friends and put a monkey in it. Like, 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 why do you have that opinion about friends? Friends is clearly a warm glass of milk before you go to bed. Like, Maybe a monkey in it would make it great, and it did. <laughs> Joey had a monkey, and it was fine. You I don't tell know. me one time when a monkey made something I'm so sorry. Yeah, I just no, have to speak up for really, really um, specific people losing their minds. Ross had the monkey. Sorry. <laughs> I just had to say it. I know. I know what that says about me. But sorry, okay. sorry. Now, I think we do see how this relationship works, <laughs> don't we? One is nitpicky and perfect, and the other one is vague. <laughs> It gets there. Okay, All right. Now, this is what we want to do. You guys are going to vote on this. This is the homework they were supposed to have done. What? <laughs> yes, Josh says he never got the email. I didn't get the email. Dan, did you get the email? No, I, I, was, I was at a woman's march. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give you the key components. If, okay, there's a network. It's a... Well, should we say it's free-to-air? Just a, a normal network. It's free-to-air? Yeah, uh, that's Broad what we counts. call it. So it's not a pay TV. Okay. Stand. But it, because they seem to be the ones desperate to try and get an audience back that is not older. They want young ones. So that's what this show wants, this network. It's at 8.30, okay? They've decided, are you concentrating, Celia, or yes. have you done your homework? Okay. 8.30. They've decided that what they want is coming after a game show. Before a footy show where men like to dress. Is this Australian free yep. air? They're yep. not buying any of our shows. After, after no, you've got, to, you've got to get it in there. It's before a footy show? What did you show? say before about Harrison Ford and a twirly whirly? Yes. Everything's before a footy show here. What's a footy show? <laughs> a footy show is like. Uh, I'm moving here before you answer, by the way. It's a show about football oh, and like, what oh, they do oh, yeah, is like moving boys back. dressing girls' clothing and they like sing a song Wait. and it's so fun. You are whiplashing me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, have we organised what a footy show is? The usual evening audience is over 45 on this network, but they want to get the young'uns in, whilst keeping the older what ones. What is this network? <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's like an obstacle course. When in the <laughs> army do you run through tyres? <laughs> I don't know why you're so bewildered, Josh. I think it could be nine. It's still nine. Or ten or I'm seven. I'm pitching the channel nine. Are you working with me, Josh? Are you kidding? Oh, You've just got to work with this. Okay. Dan, bizarrely, is the professional one at the table at the moment. Thank you for coming on board with that. Dan. Dan. Millionaire. Fuck your adverb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dan, Dan bizarrely is the professional one. 
I think it okay. might be the cup of vodka. Listening, Josh. <laughs> the sponsors, the show comes with sponsors, adult diaper company and a funeral parlour. Okay, they want it to be cutting edge. You see, I'm starting to think you guys might be a bit spoiled in at the ABC. You've never had, yeah, You've never had to take a network job where they told you it was about a funeral parlor before a footy show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is all stuff that's absolutely normal. I don't, I don't, I don't know if we can tie this into the panel discussion yeah. as, as useful, useful advice, but right now I have to go to the toilet <laughs> so badly. <laughs> And uh, I've never had to go to the toilet during a pitch meeting. Uh, if so you get to go, I get to go. Oh, do you, you have to go as well? Oh, my God. Oh, boy. I have to go so bad. So it doesn't help. Neither of you can Sorry. go. So, what can was we... it? so we're pitching the show to Channel 9. And, uh... Are you two going off to have a secret meeting? <laughs> I think he's... You have to go separately. <laughs> we go together and... Um... No. Okay. Because if you... <laughs> if you go together, you'll take longer. Luke, you can go first. We are going to keep working it. We... <laughs> I'm gonna get a newspaper, I'm gonna be forever. <laughs> I didn't know we were allowed to ask to go to the toilet. There are no All of a sudden, he's no, no. the forward one. I know. He's the one making it happen. Okay. Thank you. Stars, you can have whoever you want. You can have an international star, and they want it to have an Aussie feel. I'm having Meryl Streep. All right. I want An Aussie Meryl feel, Streep. Dan I've means... Meryl Streep. Who are you having? Wait, I can, I, can I take notes on my laptop I brought to... No, Dan. You can't, because can't, what you're going to do now, while Luke is not here, is guide us through a little bit of how a story, you know how you've got that wonderful thing of how a story structure works? Mm -hmm. Could you share that with us on the whiteboard? I could, but, but I, need to, I need you to repeat a lot of what you said. Like, I... I okay, will do. So, now it's this... A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a... First, I would pull the ideas that are... Would you, you said, mind asking you said, me the questions? Because I don't want to yes. prattle on irrelevant. You said it's on at eight thirty, which whatever. Okay. Yep. Um, the uh, you you, uh, uh, you said it's um, it's lead in is what? Uh, a game show. A game show. Okay. Now this is not. Well, you'd never be in a writer's room like going because you wouldn't. If you have a writer's room, your show exists. You know. But so, but <laughs> but I, this is just me going. Okay, I'll solve this problem. Game show. Um, and you, you said, really and, have and game and shows, the, like what she means in America, but it's like Hollywood Games Night. It's like the only time you've ever had to watch what that means as a game show. Yeah, Not no, like wait, who wants you, to be a millionaire. I'm just telling you, like a game show is like a funny, here it's like people sit at a desk and they... Well, more, but yeah, it's people who still believe in TV. Yeah. It's people who think that, the, 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 you know, they, they have shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> game show to me means the same thing basically as sports, which is like, like, I got shit to do. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want your TV show to ask the question, what is TV? Yeah. I want it to be something that's on while I change shoes to slippers and make a sandwich. Like, <laughs> this is why Chuck Lorre isn't here tonight. He's snorting diamonds on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. But I'm happier. <laughs> I'm fucking happier. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so and so and so the, and so that's the lead-in is a game show. Yeah. Mine was Billy Bush talking about whether Shakira was racist. Uh, <laughs> so like Access Hollywood. We were 8 p.m. on Thursday, and then, um, the, the the thing that's coming after it is what? It's a footy show. Footy the, show. Which means that it's male-oriented. It's pretty sexist. Um, 
I, I, what else would describe a footy show audience? Bad. Any, anyone else? Dumb asses. Okay. Um, okay, so we're, 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 our lead-in is stupid people, and, and, the, and we're building to stupid people. We're, <laughs> we're writing television. That's what we're doing. But remember, as, as you've possibly found in, in these kind of scenarios, a network will look at the success of someone else's show and say, we want that. Right. We want their audience. We want the sponsorship dollars attached to it. Right. Make it work for sure. us. But it's in between these two things. Right, but you t this, it's in between these two things on the schedule. Yeah. But then you mentioned a funeral home. They're the sponsors. Oh, okay. Funeral home and diapers. Funeral home is the sponsor. And adult diapers or diapers? They're multi-purpose. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, if funeral home is the sponsor, that's like the easiest thing for me to like deal with because I would just divide a circle into two halves and say, if we're, like, we want to cross a threshold into what we're worshiping, and it has to be pro-funeral home. Uh, so I would say that means people need to die, uh, and that has to be a good thing. Uh, <laughs> so down here is death, and up, wait, no, that might be not true. Okay, now let's just, let's just work forward and not backspace. So down here is death and up here is life. And then we divide it down the middle and we say we want to worship at the altar of two different things so the story changes directions, um, uh, uh, you know, each quarter. So, uh, so we have, and I usually just go with like it's dishonest on this side and it's honest on this side. By the way, this is a shortcut. I'm sure, don't let this leave Australia. <laughs> it's no matter what you put up here and down here, it's always good and bad. We're all children. Like, 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 so it's good dishonest is how you start your story. You cross a threshold into bad dishonest, which is an adaptation. Oh, I should dye my hair. That's why I'm not complete. That's bad, like, dishonesty. And it leads you to good dis, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, on it, bad honesty, which is like, holy shit, my life is meaningless, my parents beat me, I, this is why I'm lashing out, everything's going to shit, we all die. And then you cross a return threshold into good honesty, which is, okay, now we're dealing with things the way they are, so we're no longer flawed. You could look at this as like uh, flawed logic versus uh, uh, flawed chaos, and then going into... Uh, uh, perfect chaos and then going into perfect logic, maybe. That's like a psychological process. So in your, your funeral home, people want you to make propaganda for them. So you want to <laughs> you want to end up here where funeral homes are a good place. Okay, so we want to break this into <laughs> good, <laughs> that we have dishonest life, which should be characterized as people, uh, 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 when, when, whenever people die, uh, they just get thrown into a big uh, pit, okay? And then people put gasoline on them and set fire to them. So this is the story of a person... <laughs> this is the story of a person who is asked to, maybe we should treat the dead better. And that person says, fuck that. I'm a gasoline corpser. I love burning bodies and throwing them in the pits. I have no reason. And then they lose their wallet, they get mixed up, there's a trip to Mexico, we don't know. They end up crossing a threshold into, they, they die. Let's just have them die. And so they're a ghost down here, and it's fun. They can do ghost things. They can run around and they can go, I didn't know my aunt hated me. And then 
they, and then there's probably a commercial for a footy show coming up. <laughs> then they're like, holy shit, I hate being dead. Being dead sucks, it's the worst. I don't even know if I wanna ever be alive again, but then they have to cross the return threshold and become the kind of living person that gives the people funeral homes. <laughs> and that's the, it's six feet under, right, it's, isn't it? <laughs> It would, be, it would be six feet under, that's, that's, that's what it is. It's people dying six feet under and they're not taken care of. I never saw the show, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then they deal with their own shit. It's like, it's done in an HBO, like sophisticated way, but really it's, a, yeah, it's like a commercial for funeral homes. <sighs> yes, girl? <laughs> I was just wondering, like when, the go when they're ghosts and they're having a great time being ghosts and they're doing all the ghost stuff, would they need to rent properties? <laughs> <laughs> We're back in! Yes. It's our pitch! <laughs> it's our pitch. Thank you. I don't get the joke, so I'll dismiss you as shrill. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, no. Hysterical. Okay. Thank you very much. No, no? by the way, I, I, every time you guys were facing this way, I couldn't understand you tonight. Oh. Like, only when you were accidentally facing this way, because of the acoustics. Not because of your accent. You're, it's a beautiful language you speak. Um. So I don't know, this didn't apply, like... What, what? Can I just ask, Luke, you've got a very good question, what is it? Uh, what about the diapers? Yeah. What about diapers? Oh, it's, it's funeral homes and diapers. Diapers? Yeah. Because you want to you wanna do panels and not have to make peepees? <laughs> oh, no, 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 I'm Did you come up with that idea? I'm, I'm sorry. You're like, I'm what sorry. if I had special pants that I could make peepees in? <laughs> I'm really sorry I did, I did that. Um, no, there, wasn't it funeral homes and diapers? Oh, yes. Yeah. What's well, this look, being I recorded? I wasn't on that for? call. <laughs> what, Josh? What's this being recorded for? <laughs> I don't know, but but we will get the tape. Don't Never worry, be, we'll yeah. destroy it. Now, do you find Dan that that template? Thank can you. apply to any successful comedy. When, <laughs> whether the intention at the beginning, can you impose it on the end and go, actually, that's what was happening in the Mary Tyler Moore show, or actually, does it always hold true? I don't watch successful comedies. I get jealous, and I can't, and anyone who's watching them with me has to put up with me going, that's an act break. Uh, and <laughs> well, they go, love my don't, show. don't you enjoy television? And I go, well, I. I think about it a lot, and they go, fuck you. And that's, that's, I only watch Forensic Files and The Fall with Gillian Anderson. Uh, the, 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 and that's over now. What, it, what is that? It's a, it's a rape show. <laughs> Actually, he just murders, he doesn't rape. Dan, because you have the, because you did um, have that great system. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, so I've, I've actually. I I'm, can't tell the difference between nervousness and sarcasm. Oh, no, I am actually. I, I do. Uh, I'm actually a, a really large fan, but I haven't said how much because I'm trying to be cool. Uh, but if. Uh, <laughs> now that when you created that system, was writing, did writing become more fun and easier or any, any of those? Things? I think that uh, uh, to me, what it is is that uh, for 20 years, I've been trying to figure out how to eliminate the work from writing, the misery from writing. The, the fact, when we go to work every day, we, if we're doing it right, we spend the entire day not knowing what to do. 
Yeah, it's agonizing. Talk, like, 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 that's not, that's everyone's definition of pain. It's just not an acknowledged thing. Like, you, if you're in a bar and you say, do you have, <laughs> my examples, uh, if, if, you, if, you, if you say, do you, do you know how to make a Negroni, and the bartender doesn't know how to make a Negroni, like, they register, like, there's, there's a conflict in their head. It's like, like, the fact that they don't know how to make a Negroni is, like, for a moment, like, that's a failure on their part. None of us want to not know what to do. And writers, in writers' rooms, we spend all day... Not knowing. This is what I always find so annoying, because if you write something, then that bit's done, and then you don't know again. Yep. That's your reward. (laughs) Congratulations, you know a thing that you now have to move on, like, because there's a line producer waiting for that thing. Oh, you know? Like, and then you're like, okay, now, what do we not know? Let's focus on that. And it's... It, 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 I'm not complaining at all. I love this job. It, it, it's so much better than lifting things. Like I tried <laughs> food service. I tried washing dishes. I was at, like, like, like it, it, but it, I forgot why we were bringing that up. It's because, oh, the reason for this is it's aspirin for that pain. It's like the illusion of we're not that lost. All stories have a general direction. It's yeah. just, just something you say to yourself when you're lost in the desert. Our car can't be that far away. <laughs> sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong, but the difference between <laughs> life and death could be that little bit of confidence. <laughs> I could keep you from eating your friends or like five feet from your car and so, waking up the next day and going, we were five feet from the car and I ate my friend. <laughs> now, I think we're coming to a close. Fuck you, that, no. Would you like... Only if we, we're writers... We come to a close when we say so. Yeah, which is exactly why, if you feel like raising your computer and typing a bit more, you are welcome. And I'll just ask these guys a question before we get to you, Dan, if that's okay. So feel free to type away. But what no, I'm wondering I'm not your with monkey. you, I have a two-hour show to do later. <laughs> that's crazy. So. What I'm wondering, Celia, have you started writing the second series of Rose Haven? We have, yes. It's not official or confirmed, but <laughs> optimism. Uh, we are writing a second series, yeah, now. Great. Anything that you, having written the first one, you've now completely changed the way you approach writing or what you want to get out of it? Uh, it's easier now because it's that thing of when you do the first series of anything, this is, it's the first time we've done this, but we had no clue at all, but at least now going into second series, we know sort of the... I found that worse. The background. Did you? I found the second worse because I, I knew what we were doing the first season. I didn't know. So I'd just be like, well, this will be cute. And then I learned. And then right. the second season, I was like, well, actually, that's not what you meant to do. You meant to do this. But I still didn't know. Yeah. And I found that harder. Guys, you're Good both wrong. Again, I've done six seasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I didn't know, mean to just, interrupt. Just, uh, uh, who knows? There'll be extra pressure on it because it's the second series and because we've already been told in some notes that, like, you can't rely on the stuff that they liked about the first series because it was new and exciting. If they hadn't seen that before, they're going to take that for granted. So what else are you going to bring Who's them? Who's saying yeah. this to you? <laughs> um, I know who it was. <laughs> <laughs> I know who it was. Um, anyway. No, but, that's a stupid... There's no extra pressure. They like your show now, and then they watch it again. Well, There's no extra pressure. Don't no, feel no, no, like but that. It's in, no, no, we don't. Well, for, for, well, for me, it's exciting that we've got these characters that we liked and we want to see what else Same they can do. Same for the audience, do, right? More no. big, dumb, stupid stuff. Have I said a bad thing? No, no, you know, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, I think it's... Um, I don't think you should feel like 
I don't know, I feel like it's, the audience feels the same way as you. They're just excited to hang out with you two again in the environment, and, and I'm just saying that you should not feel extra pressure. You should feel confident. Because you made a show and it was this good, and you need to do it again. I love it. <laughs> the, the, um, Thank you. We, we are excited. But also, the audience is just consuming. Well, their expectations are so high. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, like I can't wait. Where, where's my footy show? Oh, this is not. I guess there's a, there's a gay guy exploring his life. Um, the, <laughs> it, it, like, it... <laughs> I have to, I mean, I... I, I am exploring. I, I agree with both of you. I mean, I, I, I hope, I, I have to turn to you, you I, even though I met you tonight, you're always, you've been on my shoulder saying, fuck them. Like, like, you did that already. That's not extra pressure, that's extra confidence. You're always there, but I agree with that. Like, it's... It, it, they, it's almost like, like, like it's our job to hate ourselves and make yeah, it. Yeah, totally. yeah, totally. But the thing is, that, and no matter whatever, everything that I've done that's been scary, I've never stopped doing it, just because the thought of going, maybe they won't like it as much, is there for everything. But, it, but I think that the difference is, if that thought makes you not do it because of the fear, then it's a problem. But if it doesn't and it makes you try harder, then it's okay. Yeah, and it's, it's sometimes... Uh, oh, sorry, I think I just interrupted That was the one I was... I think all one day was... Sorry, I don't know, so sorry. Sorry, what's your feelings on this? Yeah, sometimes uh, I think you've... Uh, I, 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 like, so, sometimes when I thought, oh, if we just could get paid to be writers, like, I won't have any problems anymore. And I think with, like, quote-unquote dream jobs that they're still... It's still work and it still sucks and everything's horrible, but... Uh, it's, it's really fun, and sometimes you've got to like, make an effort to remember how fun it is and how lucky it is, because like, it is really hard work and we panic and we're worried the second season is going to be as good as the first or we won't have any ideas, and, but it's still great. Like, and Luke keeps losing weight and getting fit, and I'm worried at the second season, and we'll be like, Luke looks hot, Celia's stacked it on. That's I think my main concern. <laughs> My teeth are so bad and yours are so good. <laughs> uh, I, uh, but no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> just Sorry. believe in yourself, everyone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, I, I think I'm running right for time. If, can you do a thumbs up? Yeah, that's, ex that's what I meant. Yeah. It's as good a, I'm in the communication business. No. That thumb raising energy? That's for the next show. <laughs> so you used it. Final words, Dan. I'm going to give you the final word. Celia, have you had your final word? I, do, I mean, all these people have come to adore and they love your shows. Is that correct? We're going to. Yeah. Have... I think so. It's exciting for us to be. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. So a secret release that they're working on the next series. Concur. Anything you want to add, Luke? Um, you guys not announcing that you're doing another season right now because you're not absolutely not allowed. I know you're absolutely not allowed. To yeah, we're not allowed. That's it. No, we don't no, know. We're right. I said we're writing it. They've got nothing she. else to do, and they're just we just we just we just hanging out and chilling. <laughs> and sometimes we'll type something. Could be <laughs> Australian Power Rangers. Uh, is... <laughs> oh a my gosh! Yeah. So. Are they all green? Green, gold, obviously. <laughs> green, gold, and. Uh, one of them. That's it, only two. Uh, it's it's just us. There we go. Why yeah. would we write any more power What about you, Josh? What? Are we going to see another series of Please Like Me? My American network shut down, which doesn't make me feel that optimistic. And then, so I've been taken over by Hulu. So, but then I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. 
Well, good luck with I whatever. Wish I did. Yeah, I whatever the next. Is there another series in you that you want to express? Are you ready for a new project? Oh, we'll do another season, of course. Yeah. If they let us, yeah, right. I'll, do, I'll take the employment. Do you want right. to help? Yeah. Do you and help us run ours if you want? Uh, not that oh. it's happening. Oh, I. I <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and Dan, <laughs> Dan, what about you? <laughs> what, what would you say to these guys who, comparatively, and those in the audience were at the, perhaps at an earlier point in their careers than yourself? Yeah, well, these guys, they've got it covered. They know, they know better than me what, they're, what they need to deal with. I, I, if, I, if I were to say to people who came here because they want to be these guys or they want to, like, be me, like, the, um, I... I uh, uh, don't try to write good television. Don't throw that idea away. Like, you, we are, are living in a blessed time right now where television is so pulverized, so spread out, it truly is, even more so than cinema, an invitation for you, and the demand is upon you, actually, to, to think of what's not supposed to be there. Like, like, like what, do it wrong. Do it stupid, do it personal, I, I, like, and, 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 and work in passes. Get all the way to the end of your draft before you start fixing shit because you're gonna throw the first three scenes away. Um, uh, but but it just, just jump in and get personal and get confessional and get real. It's incumbent upon you, it's the mandate now. That's, that's both your path to success and as an artist, that's kind of your job, I guess. Fantastic. If you enjoyed that talk, please subscribe to our iTunes channel for more challenging, inspiring and robust discussions live on stage at the Sydney Opera House. Featuring guests such as African-American activist and co-creator of the Black Lives Matter network, Alicia Garza. Every single second of my life, I'm aware of the fact that I'm black and that that has implications for whether or not I live or die. Spoken word performer and former frontman of Black Flag, Henry Rollins. When I drove back to Washington going, wow, I was in Black Flag for 90 seconds, man. That I'm going to talk about this for the rest of my life. Former South Sudanese child soldier turned defence lawyer, refugee advocate and New South Wales 2017 Australian of the Year, Deng Adut. No child should be given a gun, should be trained to use a gun. Even video games, they're quite uh, hurtful. I don't play video games. Don't want to go there and have a, a flashback. I don't want to see somebody. It's a long story, a brand new Sydney Opera House podcast first series that unpacks the stories behind the ideas of some of the world's leading thinkers and culture creators. Subscribe to It's a Long Story now on iTunes and Stitcher.